800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. Capitals, universities, and churches all received bomb threats Wednesday. This was nationwide, but that included Juneau and the Sitka area. The Alaska Supreme Court decided the Alaska Department of Fishing Games and Management of the Herring Rail Fisheries in Sitka Sound did not violate the constitutional rule. And the Coast Guard cutter Alex Haley towed a disabled vessel near ADAC. But first, state capitals, universities, and other large entities around the country were being flooded with emailed bomb threats on Wednesday. In the Juneau area, two similar threats were received at the state capitol building and a church downtown off of 4th Street. Juneau Police Department Deputy Chief Craig Campbell says they do not believe the threats are substantial concerns. We wanted just to let the public know that we were receiving these threats here in Juneau. It is a um, threat that's going across the country to a variety of places. And in case there's any questions about it, you know, Juno is, is receiving a couple of those. And we're just working with those building responsibles to determine what is the best response, if there is a response necessary. And then we're just continuing to work with the FBI office to provide them that information for as part of a larger investigation that they would be doing. Sitka police had a similar incident in which a local faith-based organization called to report receiving an email that stated explosives were placed inside their church and set to go off. Officers responded to the location and searched the area for any items that appeared out of place or suspicious, but found nothing of concern. Neither the officers nor church staff felt the threat was imminent and found no signs of the church being tampered with. That investigation has also been referred to the FBI. On December 29th, the Alaska Supreme Court decided that the Alaska Department of Fish and Games Management of the Herring Rail Fisheries in Sitka Sound did not violate the constitutional rule to manage for a sustained yield. In late 2018, the Sitka Tribe of Alaska sued the department and the Alaska Board of Fisheries after poor subsistence harvests of herring eggs, claiming the problem came from the commercial fishery that catches herring before they spawn. Senior Assistant Attorney General Aaron Peterson says the Supreme Court's decision is a win for the state. He shares a brief summary of the defense made. That the sustained yield clause requires the application of the sustained yield principle and that the model used by the department in managing Sika Sound herring and that the plan established by the Board of Fisheries for the management of that stock appropriately ensured sustained yield into the future rather than a rigid formula that you know if you have x fish you may only take x minus y fish or something like that the sustained yield principle is more well it takes more into account it requires more fulsome analysis of the fishery and ebbs and flows in fisheries and various other factors Peterson says herring is measured in a variety of ways and one of the ways it is measured is in miles of shoreline spawn he adds that data supports that the management did not violate the constitutional rule. There was an extremely significant spawn event in 19, and even larger one in 20, and even larger one in 21. The importance of that is not simply, well, there were a lot of herring in these years. What's important about that is it's been measured in a certain way. The commercial fishery has been prosecuted in a certain way, and that continued throughout so the correlation with you know because there's a commercial fishery that must be the reason for any other fishery seeing a reduced 
success that the just sheer magnitude of the data uh, strongly suggests otherwise. The Sitka Tribe of Alaska was reached out to for comment and provided the following statement. This statement comes from Tribal Chairman Lawrence Widmark. Disappointed that the Supreme Court did not agree that the Alaska Constitution requires the state to use the best available information in fisheries management, the tribe's litigation still resulted in substantial improvements in management of the commercial sacro herring fishery in Sitka Sound. And while we will not receive attorney fees, we do not regret using our resources to defend the tribe's sovereignty over natural resources in our traditional territory. And the crew of the Coast Guard cutter Alex Haley towed a disabled fishing vessel with eight people aboard to ADAC on Monday. Alex Haley successfully towed the 127-foot fishing vessel Aleutian No. 1 into ADAC and transferred to the fishing vessel Erla N. Erla N then towed the disabled vessel into ADAC where it was moored at the pier at 11.30 a.m. with the help of Alex Haley's cutter boats. Watchstanders in the 17th District Command Center received initial notification from the Master of Aleutian No. 1 at 5.57 a.m. Thursday, reporting that they had fouled their prop, were unable to conduct repairs, and were drifting approximately three miles north of Amchatka Island, 575 miles southwest of Dutch Harbor. Alex Haley was recalled from a mid-patrol break and transited 575 miles in the Bering Sea to assist. Conditions at the time of the tow were 30 to 40 mile per hour winds, 10 to 15 foot seas, periodic snow and sleet, and blizzard conditions with air and water temperatures of 34 degrees. Coming up, the Biden administration has announced a $9 million grant to Alaska researchers to study a project that could capture carbon emissions from a big new coal-fired power plant. That story, when News of the North continues with Jazz Garrett. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett. Head coach for Thunder Mountain High School boys basketball, John Blasco, says the team finished third amongst a very tough field in Ketchikan last weekend for the Clark Cochrane Christmas Classic. Ketchikan hosts a girls division and a boys division, eight teams each side, uh, which makes for a great day of basketball. You know, your first game starts at 9 a.m., last game's at 8.30 p.m., game's every hour and a half, and we stayed in the school with several other teams so it's just a great experience for the kids we faced some really stiff competition uh, we opened up with monroe catholic out of fairbanks who i believe uh, made it to the semifinals of the state tournament last year we we beat them in overtime by one point then we lost to west anchorage uh, who's considered to be the number two number three team in the state right now uh, they actually won the tournament they beat service in the championship we lost them by 13 They're down to eight points in the last three minutes of the game but just couldn't overcome that hump and then unfortunately the cards laid out that we had to face catch can who we see way too many times already in a season we got them early and we were able to beat them 60 to 48 which was a good early season win doesn't count as a conference game he says the team was very happy with their third place accomplishment and blasco explains what he thinks led to their wins over Monroe and Ketchikan. A real edge to them in terms of kind of a competitive fire. And, uh, you know, Monroe, you know, I think we got up five with two minutes left to go in the game and made some mistakes that led them to tie up the game. But the guys stayed very positive, stayed very energized together and kind of showed some maturity that was good to see in terms of making the right plays late down the stretch. And then Ketchikan, we were able to get off to a hot start and, and maintain it. You know, we just came out really, really, really aggressive. And I was impressed to see that over the three days at, that they all competed so hard and never let up. You know, it's it's hard to put together full games. Oftentimes kids um, lose some focus in a quarter and 
we like we did in the West game. Uh, the second quarter hurt us really bad, and they they outscored us. He also gives a season overview so far. Let's see. We're seven games into this season, and we're four and three overall record, four and one in the state of Alaska, which. I always kind of separate out because it's kind of important when it comes to the end of the year um, state rankings. But yeah, we're excited to be where we're at. It's definitely still early, one month down into three and a half month season, but guys are working hard and improving every day. TMHS has its first home games next weekend against Sitka, who stands five to one currently. Blasco says they'll spend this week preparing. Here they got some really good guard play. They've got a six six kid down inside that you know, I hear is quite athletic, and they're five and one, like I mentioned. So they they're off to a strong start. You know, they're going to compete with Mount Edgecombe for a state spot out of their division, and got to be ready to go because can't underestimate any opponent, especially if you haven't seen them. The TMHS boys basketball team has a strong group of seniors this year, and all of the team is excited for their fans to come out and support them next weekend, the 12th and the 13th. The Biden administration has announced a $9 million grant to Alaska researchers to study a project that could capture carbon emissions from a big new coal-fired power plant and inject them in a depleted natural gas field not far from Anchorage. The University of Alaska Fairbanks would lead the research into what's known as Carbon Capture and Storage, or CCS. That's a still emerging field that boosters say could help fight global warming while reorientating the petroleum industry to profit from less environmentally harmful projects. Even as research shows that CCS is expensive and still hindered by technical challenges, critics say it's largely a distraction from the need to shift to proven renewable energy sources like wind and solar. The new CCS grant is one of 16 and $444 million in total announced by the U.S. Department of Energy last month. The department aims to expand carbon dioxide storage infrastructure to significantly and responsibly reduce CO2 emissions from industrial operations and power plants, it said in its announcement. And state transportation leaders say they're taking another look at the idea of using a tunnel instead of a bridge to connect the city of Anchorage with undeveloped land across the Nick Arm in the Matanuska Susitna Borough. Alaska politicians have advanced the idea of the Nick Arm Bridge in the past as a way for Anchorage area residents and workers to access more developable land in the Matsu. But some Anchorage residents, particularly in the Government Hill neighborhood where one end of the bridge would sit, have criticized its steep price tag and its displacement of neighborhood homes and businesses. A 2019 study estimated construction costs for the bridge to be some $900 million. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett. For continuous updates, visit our website, kinyradio.com.